for checking out Anchor Church's YouTube channel. We hope you're encouraged by this message. If you have your Bibles today, you can open them up to the book of Psalms. We're going to start in Psalm 63, but then we're going to spend most of our time in Psalms 96. So 63 and 96, if you're unfamiliar with Psalms, it's pretty much right in the middle of your Bible. If you don't have a Bible with you, we'll put scriptures up on the screen. While you're turning to the Psalms, I want to take a moment just to welcome again our online community. You guys, you matter. We love you as much as we love being here together, and we can see faces in this space. Uh, you, you're not distant from our minds. We know that you're there, and we love you. We care about you. Thanks for tuning in. Whether you're watching it live right now on a Sunday morning or you're watching this throughout the week, uh, thank you for taking time to, to be a part of this community. I want to tell you again and again that you matter. We would love to connect with you in any way possible. Uh, if we've not had a chance to connect with you, email, text, phone call, coffee, whatever, you can go to our website, goanchorchurch.com, and there is a, a contact button. If you'd fill out any of the forms in there, someone on our team will get a hold of you. And we want you to not just be sitting in your room or watching at the gym or driving in the car listening and feeling like uh, you're distant from this community. We'd like to do whatever we can to welcome you in, to get to know you, get to know your story. And uh, thank you so much for taking time uh, to tune in. So grateful. Uh, today we are in week two of a brand new series called He is Worthy. And uh, we, we, we kind of set a foundation last week, and we're going to continue to build on this uh, week after week. And uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a series really about, about worship, about living our lives in a way that demonstrates the worthiness of our God. And uh, our theme verse for this is, is in Psalm 63, verses 3 through 5, and it says this, Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. I mean, come on, this is just the best promise, that our souls will be satisfied like mama's home cooking. Like this is, this is the best, with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Now, this call to, to live a life or to, to express the worthiness of God, to worship, to praise, to lift our hands, uh, is because of the foundation of because his love is better than life. That when we continually grow in recognizing the love of God, the love that he has put towards us as, as humanity, the more we recognize his love, our lips will praise him that we'll end up lifting our hands, and for some of us that's not very comfortable, but we will live a life that blesses him. We'll be able to minister back to God, not because of our, our, our intellect or because of our efforts, but because we recognize his love is better than life. Simply, he is so worthy that we will find some of our inhibitions uh, falling to the wayside, not because we, we've learned more, but because we've seen his beauty, we've experienced his love, that we recognize his worth, and we begin to express it more and more. Uh, I know that every time we get together and every time that we, we teach and, and we've got opportunities like this, it's always building culture. It's always like, this is kind of who we are. This is what I can learn to expect. But I want to tell you in this series, uh, we're being really intentional to, to let this be a series that, that helps us build culture of who we are as a community of Anchor Church, but who we are specifically. This is an opportunity to create new culture for yourself, culture for your home, for your family, for your marriage, that this is an opportunity to, to learn and to lean in to looking at the love of God and then learning how to express his worthiness 
in everything that we do. That this is, this is, a, 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 it is that. That was a lot of stutters. That was, this going to be a great day. Uh, it's an attempt to express the worthiness of God and build that culture inside of us. One of our core values is worship, worship and prayer. We kind of put them together, but we say it this way. Why worship and why prayer is a value to us is because he is worthy. This is why we're titling it this, this series, that, that no matter what reason we come to to, to, to worship or to pray or to, to, to put our attention on God, it all boils back down to he's just worthy of it. Like, this is why. He is worthy because of who he is and, and, and what he's done. Uh, we, we mentioned last week, and we'll dig into it more in this series, that there is both individual worship and there is corporate worship. Individual worship really is, is the lifestyle of Christianity. It is a life of following Jesus. That the way that we live consistently, day by day, it is, it is an act of worship individually. This is me recognizing the love of Jesus and responding to that in the way that I live, the way that I, I, I spend my time, the way that I spend my money, the decisions, the preparations, the responses. Uh, it is all a response individually to recognizing the worthiness of God. But then there is corporate worship, which is most often right here what we've done just a few minutes ago, what we'll do at the end of our time together. It is coming together with other believers and corporately declaring our admiration of God declaring his worthiness with other people. So as we talk about worship, there's going to be both the individual side of your lifestyle of following Jesus and the corporate side. What does it mean to come together with other believers and declare uh, the value, the worthiness of our God? I want to say in corporate worship that uh, worship is not about our entertainment. It's about his worthiness. That something is off when we come to opportunities of worship just hoping to be entertained. Like we, we, we said it last week, but worship is not grabbing your favorite cup of coffee, coming in, sitting down in very uncomfortable seats, and hoping the band just plays your favorite songs, and you just want to sit back and feel good because you like the setting. Now, there is value in creating atmospheres and settings that are engaging and that help you lean into the presence of God, but worship is not about entertainment. It's about his worthiness and finding opportunities to express the worthiness of God. So we're going to jump into, uh, in, into worship more today, his worthiness today. And what we established last week is that, that he is worthy because of who he is and what he's done. Now today I'd like us to kind of take the, the mentality or ask this question, well, how do we express the worthiness of God? If we can recognize who he is, if we can recognize what he's done, it stirs up this worthiness inside of us. Well, how do we as human beings express that worth? How do, we, how do we let that out? And so we're going to begin uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about different ways that we express. There's some physical expressions, there's emotional expressions. Today we're going to talk about verbal expressions, that we're, we, we're going to verbally express our admiration of God. Now I want to say this very clearly before we jump into this week's and every week's uh, lessons on, on how we express the worthiness of God, that worship is not defined by our expressions, but expressions are a way to respond to the worthiness of God. I want to be very clear that as we talk about how we express it, that worship is not about the, f the form of the expression. That is, it's not about the raising of hands. It's not about the singing of the song. But these are gifts that God has given us as opportunities to express his worthiness, ways that we can let it out, the ways that we can respond to his worthiness. So we're going to look today, as we talk about verbal expressions, Psalms 96, uh, verses 1 through 3 says this, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth 
Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things that he's done. We're going to walk back through these three verses in our time together. But this is going to be a very simple, very practical teaching on verbal expressions and how they are a way that we can express the worthiness of our God. Uh, so let's pray and we'll jump into this. Lord, love you. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that uh, you've given us the gifts of being able to express your worthiness. That it's not something that just gets stored up inside, but we can let it out. We can express it. And Lord, uh, today as we talk about verbal expressions, I just pray that um, more than just knowledge, that today there's a stirring of your spirit inside of us to, to understand the beauty of being able to worship you. God, that today we'd be drawn to your worthiness and a desire to express that worthiness in whatever setting, situation we're in, um, that we would express it. Lord, love you. I just ask for clarity and communication and uh, that our hearts would be open and receptive to ways you want to grow, challenge, and encourage us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, today, one of the primary forms of communication with each other is, is via text message or direct messages. And uh, texting uh, has taken on like a life of its own. There's, there's, there's emojis and there's GIFs and there's, there's shorthand. Like it's kind of taken on a life of its own. For me, when it comes to texting, I'm not a real big emoji guy. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of new to the emoji game, although it's existed forever. Uh, I'm not real big. I'm, I'm like the words, the, the verbal part of it that you try to put into written form like really matters to me. The language matters. Uh, I'm the kind of guy who has like, if it's an important text, read it out loud first. Anybody else a read out loud texter? Just a couple of us. Yeah, we're weird. Uh, we, we, I got to read it out loud, or I'll even have like my wife proofread it before I hit send. Like, is this saying what I'm trying to say? For my wife, it's not about the language. It is all about the exclamation points and the emojis, and like, is this communicating through other forms, not words, what I want it to say. She's really into the, the skull emoji right now. If anything's funny, it's a skull. Like, it's, this is dead. It's, just, it's cool. Uh, I still go ha-ha, but the skull. Uh, and so there's occasionally this stressful situation where Danny asks me to reply to a text for her. This is, this is stressful in our marriage because uh, I've replied to text messages before, and then she'll uh, afterwards ask me, um, did you put the emojis in? I was like, I, I, no, I said the words you told me to say. And uh, so now, like, it's, it's, we got to be very clear. Like, when she says, uh, reply, that's great, uh, I say, okay, give me more information. That's great. Make sure there's two exclamation points, and then you need, like, raised hands, and like, she walks me through it because it matters the way that we emoji and because you're communicating something more than the words. It's because words matter. The language matters. This is something that we say even in staff meeting, like language matters. We're trying to, as we're a young church, establish what language we, we use and how we communicate. Uh, language like you matter. You hear it all the time because those are words that we've chosen to communicate, that this isn't a church just about us. This is a church about loving and caring for you, like language matters. We, we, we've taken some words uh, out of our language here at Anchor. Like we don't use the word volunteer. 
volunteer, I feel like, insinuates, hey, I'll donate my time to someone else's vision. But when you use the words like leading and serving, that's saying no, there's a vision that I'm a part of that I'm willing to contribute and lead in that. So we just, we just think language matters. We don't call it child care. It's children's ministry. Like this, is, this isn't just making sure that kids are, are, are taken care of. This is an opportunity to invest in and lead and speak to and pray over and minister to kids. So we, we believe that language matters. And we have been given this gift of using language in, in every form of life, but we are given this gift of using language even when it comes to expressing the worthiness of our God. There's great power in words, and one of the most prominent ways that we express what's going on on the inside. For good or for bad, what, what's going on in our hearts, the ways that it comes out, is most typically through the words that we use. It's through verbal communication. Jesus says in Matthew, Matthew chapter 12 that, that the mouth only forms what's going on in the heart. Like something's going on inside and the way that comes out is verbal. And this goes in every facet of life. So the goal of worship and, and really all of the expressions of worship, not just verbal, but the goal of worship and all of its expressions are to bring honor and attention to God, to express his worthiness. And so when we talk about expressions, and today specifically verbal expressions, I do just want to make this statement before we jump into the text, that uh, sometimes our expressions uh, can be distracting. And I want to, as we talk about being expressive in our worship, which is where we're going today and in the next few weeks, that I just do want to make the statement that sometimes the way that we express our admiration uh, can be appropriate or inappropriate depending on the setting. So we're not going to have a series of saying like everyone's just got to have this crazy party in here and all of a sudden our attention is on each other and not on God. The goal is how do we express what's going on internally? How do we express the worthiness of God yet walk the line of saying I'm also not going to cross the line of bringing attention to myself. The goal is to bring attention to God. So as we talk about expressiveness, there is a lot of steps forward we need to take as a church, that we're going to be expressing our admiration and the worthiness of God. But if the way that you are expressing is now bringing more attention to you than it is to God, we need to say, hold up, let's step back a little bit and maybe reserve that to for a different setting where that expression could be more appropriate. The goal is not to get people to look at you. The goal is to corporately, the way that God has designed and made us, express our admiration of God in a way that brings more and more attention to him and not to ourselves. So we're going to learn to walk this balance of being expressive and yet not bringing too much unnecessary attention to ourselves. Different expressions are appropriate in different settings, and we just need to be aware of that. I also want to say some personalities are much more expressive than others. Some of you are a lot more demonstrative in every facet, the way that you use your body and the way that you have volume. Like some of us are just more expressive than others. And we are not saying there needs to be this uniform uh, expressiveness in our church. Uh, the scriptures talk about, Jesus says that God is looking for people who worship in spirit and in truth. Meaning there's genuine, heartfelt worship, but when you tie it with truth, it means it's genuine. That you're not faking it or performing or trying to be like everybody else or not be like any. Like, it is what is genuine for you. God designed you with your level of expressiveness and with what it means to show your admiration towards others. And we're going to worship in spirit and we're going to worship in truth. So those that are more expressive, more demonstrative, in your worship, there is no room to look down on those who are less expressive and less demonstrative. If God designed them to worship by just being still and calm and getting their mind focused, we celebrate that. 
On the other hand, if you're less expressive, we're not going to look down on those that seem to sing a little bit louder, have their arms up a little bit higher, or or moving their feet around us. We're not here to look down on the other side. We're here to corporately say the worthiness of God is so genuine that we're going to empower and believe in each other to say what it means for you to express it is free reign so long as it's not turning attention towards you. We don't look down on each other. We say this is the way God designed us and built us, and we're going to express that worship in spirit and in truth. I do want to say this, however, for those that maybe uh, are less likely or more reserved in your expressiveness. Worship, by definition, and we'll dig into this in the series, worship always includes sacrifice. And sacrifice always includes discomfort. That I'm not saying that God created you a certain way with certain reservations, and therefore you don't have to go to the place of, of discomfort and, and a place of sacrifice. That we need to understand that sometimes what it means to express our admiration towards God, it also will include stepping out of what's comfortable. That it will be a sacrifice. It will say, you know what, I don't feel like this, but he's so worthy that I will engage in it anyway. Because it's not about me. It's about his worthiness. And I will find myself worshiping in that way. That being said, let's jump into today. We got three points. Uh, I just keep hearing more and more from you note takers that you love points. Uh, so I'm working on it. I'm trying to be better and provide points for you. So all you note takers, there's three points again today. And uh, this is going to be three verbal expressions that we're given in Scripture to express the worthiness of God. Psalms 96, it says this in verse 1. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. I'm betting you can guess the first form of verbal expression. Number one, we can express his worthiness by singing. Scripturally, we are told to sing. That we can express the worthiness of God. We can let out what's on the inside, come to the outside through song by singing together. I know some people uh, aren't real comfortable singing, especially in a public setting like this. Uh, But worship isn't about us. We're not singing for other people. We're singing to the Lord. And whether we like it or not, we are told a lot to sing. It's found all throughout Scripture. The Psalms alone have 86 Psalms commanding us to sing. It's not just like one or two spots for just a certain people. It is everyone. We are called to be a singing people. The Old Testament's full of commands to sing. The New Testament church was a singing church. You can find the singing church in the book of James. You can find the singing church in the book of Ephesians. You can see Jesus and and his disciples, uh, they sang hymns together. This is 13 grown bearded men, a cappella, singing together before a meal. And I just don't think they probably sounded like pentatonics. I, I think they just sang. There's no way all of them had good voices. But it was what it meant to be in community and to recognize the goodness of God is you sang. Now, when it comes to singing, um, I think it could be easy for those who maybe are less musical to ask, like, like why? Why song? And I think it's because song carries so much power. That song speaks to our soul. Singing can take normal words and and that maybe have meaning and just heighten them to a whole other level of meaning. Song is powerful. It speaks to our souls. For example, you could hear the words, uh, I will always love you. And those are great words. If someone says to them, that's amazing. You take those same words, you put Whitney Houston's vocals behind it, and she hits those high notes. And I will always love you. Like, I mean, stop it, stop it, stop it. Zoe liked it. I mean, it hits different. Same words, 
That was just for my wife. I didn't sing it to anyone else. She doesn't want me to sing it. Come on now. Music brings something, takes words, and elevates them. If you are a fan or have any relationship to Grizzly Athletics, you know the power of this sound. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. I mean, it just, those words have another level. You college football players, don't tell me you didn't get chills just now, because I know you did. Those are just silly words, but it just brings something different. And Lord knows Cotton Eye Joe is not a good song. But when you're in a crowd of 20,000 people and Cotton Eye Joe comes on and just like, this is amazing, this is our song. It's not anyone's song, but it feels like it because there's a community of people. And I just, I mean, it brings something out of us that we would never do anywhere else because of song and community. And that's what worship does for us. Music is, is, is powerful. Have you uh, ever noticed that sometimes we will listen to music because we're in a certain mood or we'll listen to certain music to try to get us into a certain mood, a certain mindset? Uh, this is weird. Humanity, we're, we're, we're weird creatures. That sometimes we will feel a little bit off, a little bit sad. And so what we choose to do is look up the most depressing playlist possible <laughs> and just go deeper into our sadness. Why do we do this? I'm feeling a little sad. So then we find ourselves locked in our rooms by ourselves, singing along to everybody hurts sometimes. I do. I hurt. I'm hurting now. <laughs> then the Biebs, we sing along with him. So lonely. You know, we just, we just do these things to ourselves. When I was your man. You guys didn't know you were getting a musical today, did you? Why do we do it? Music speaks to the soul, and it gets us to places that just words alone don't. We've all uh, probably got pump-up jams, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, things that just kind of get us, get us going, make us want to run through walls. I know uh, there's, there's certain songs that just help me out. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of Fallout Boy, but uh, when I'm on a long run and I'm just kind of drained, there's something powerful when they just sing to me, light them up, 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 light them up. And then, you know, like, I'm on fire. I always do this at that part. I'll be running, I'm on fire. I'm like, I am on fire. I am running so fast right now. Thank you for getting my attention, Fallout Boy. It just does something to us. It gets me. I have a shoveling playlist. Like, it's, it's just for shoveling. And out there, there's, you get off my driveway because this song has just got me going. We do this because song is powerful. It's moving. It speaks to our souls. Whether you're musical or not, it speaks to and through us. Whether uh, you're nostalgic or not, there are certain songs that take us to places. Immediately, that song comes on and you're back to that place with that person and that experience, that relationship, for good or for bad, music can just transport us. Still to this day, whenever Brown Eyed Girl comes on anywhere, I just my heart starts fluttering because it was the only ringtone I ever bought when I was dating Danny when she called me Brown Eyed Girl came on. And it can come on today still, and she's like, oh, I gotta get her over here and give her a little peck on the cheek. Like, it happened just the other week. I was like, we're dancing right now in public because Brown Eyed Girl's on. And it's just, music does that to us. And we are given this opportunity to take these feelings and these affections and these emotions about our God and take them to this whole nother level where we can go from where we're at emotionally to another place entirely. And all that has changed is 
we engaged in song. There's so much beauty and power in the gift of song, in the gift of music. And we will use it to pump us up or we'll use it to get ourselves sad. And yet we're hesitant to use it to engage with our creator. We're to be a singing people. And when we're in corporate settings like this, it's not about singing to perform for the people around us. It is to engage with the presence of God. And it takes us from where we are into the presence of God to where he can do something so powerful and move in our lives. And yet some of us miss it because we just don't want to open our mouths in a public setting. Man, you open your mouths and God begins to do something deep inside of us. There's a reason we're commanded to sing, not because he needs to be impressed with your voice, because when we express his worthiness, something opens up inside of us and our souls become satisfied as with fat and rich food. And he is so good that when we see his love, we express his worthiness. It does something internally for us as well. Number one, we can express his worthiness through singing. If we continue in verse two of 90, chapter 96, it says, each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Proclaim the good news that he saves. This word proclaim uh, is translated as like announce or broadcast. It's like it's not quiet. So the way I put it in our notes today is we can express his worthiness by shouting, by shouting, by using some volume. Now, again, I know this might be uncomfortable, but we are told over and over in Scripture to shout, to announce, to proclaim. 30 times in the Psalms it says to shout. We read Psalms 100 last week. It says shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Not just expressive people, not just those who are loud anyways. All the earth are to use some volume at certain times to express the worthiness of God. You know that uh, feeling when something good happens and you just got to let something out? Sometimes it's just like you see your friend who have, you haven't seen for like two days. And you're like, hey, and it's like, it's this exciting moment. Yesterday, we got a phone call and good news on our taxes because uh, we, we don't have to pay any more in. We're going to get some back. And it was, it was a party when the phone went down. You know, Danny and I are high-fiving and, and super excited and expressing. And it was like, it was like Danny just won an award because she like put all this stuff together. I was like, I was about to ask her for a speech. Like it was, it was exciting because when good news happens, it just pulls volume out of us. That we, we shout and we express, whether it's uh, getting a promotion or impressing the girl or you got a good grade or you got accepted or, or, or what, whatever it is, it just pulls, pulls volume out of us. I want to tell you that um, we celebrate good news as humanity. And in case you've forgotten, followers of Jesus, we have, we have the best news. We have the gospel. That while I was still a sinner, he died for me. We have the gospel that he so willingly forgives my sin that should separate me from God for eternity and grants me life abundant and life eternal. And if we are going to get excited and celebrate and get vocal about a good parking spot at Costco, we better celebrate the gospel. I'm telling you, if, if more volume gets pulled out of us, by these, these simple blessings in life that are worth celebrating, if it pulls more out of us than the gospel, something is amiss. We've forgotten the beauty of what Jesus has done for us. Warning for reserved people. Gospel focus may result in some volume coming out of you. And it ought to, in the appropriate settings. It brings God pleasure to hear us shout for joy. I want to tell you, it is appropriate, and it's even commanded to have some volume in your expression of, of worship to God. And again, in the right settings, there are for sure appropriate and inappropriate times to shout out 
God's praises. Just like there's appropriate and inappropriate times to shout out praises of each other. Like when I'm uh, running a, a race and Danny's at like a checkpoint and, and I'm running by and she's cheering, woo, you got this. Like that's appropriate. That's exciting. If she did the same thing when we were like leaning in for our first kiss, not cool. Like we'd just inch away and she's like, woo, you got this. Like you're cute, but you're crazy. <laughs> you chill. There's times in relationship with the Lord where it is the setting, where it is appropriate to say, you're so good. Lord, thank you. Bless you. Amen. Yes. We come into agreement with what's going on around us, and we can verbally communicate, let out what's on the inside, how much we admire and how worthy God is. It can come out of us in the right settings, that there are times that it is appropriate to yell out your admiration of the Lord. I want to tell you this. We don't turn off our worship when the band gets off the stage. Worship, verbally, is not just when we're singing a song because there's guitars and there's drums and there's people on microphones. When the preaching of the Word of God, I know this may be odd for me to say to you in this setting, but we are creating culture here. Um, when someone is teaching and preaching and declaring the goodness of God, it is appropriate to continue your verbal expressions of worship by loudly, out loud, agreeing with what's being said about God. Now, there is appropriate and inappropriate ways, and I'm not saying compliment me on my teaching. When you are agreeing, when you are verbally saying amen or agreeing with what's being said, you're not just telling the preacher good job. You are in community, agreeing with the truths being declared about God. And that is worship. And it is incredibly powerful. Take this for example. If there was a group setting, there's you and five or six other people or 20 other people, whatever the group setting is, and there are, there's someone there who has positive thoughts about you. Man, I'm so grateful they're in my life. They're such a good friend. They're so talented at this. Whatever it is. If they have those feelings, those thoughts, that's wonderful. But it takes those feelings, those thoughts to a whole nother level when that person begins to verbally communicate them to you. Hey, I think you're incredible. I'm so grateful for your friendship. I think you're so talented at this. You bring a lot to the table in this area. That means so much to hear someone verbalize it. It takes it to another level when it's in front of other people. When other people can hear that someone is speaking this to me about me. And you know what takes it to a whole nother level? Is when someone is speaking that kindness and that encouragement and other people in the group are going, oh yeah, she's totally that for me too. Like, yeah, she's just the best. Oh, you're a great friend. Like, when other people begin chiming in, in agreement, it takes those statements and man, they're even another level of impact, another level of powerful. And you know what's interesting? If there's somebody in the group who doesn't know the one that is being praised at the moment, they don't know him, do you know what kind of opinion is being formed inside of them? Oh man, I should probably get to know them a little bit better. Man, I wonder how they could impact my life. This is what's happening when there is a preacher preaching and there is a community of people engaging with that content. Did you know there's people every single week that, that are tuned in, whether it's in this room or online, who are not walking with Jesus right now? There are some who have a very distant opinion of Jesus who have never experienced what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And when we are in community, not just hearing one person say things good about our God, good about the gospel, but when there's a community chiming in, do you know what that's doing in the culture around us? What that's doing for those who are interested in our, our gathering information about God, gathering information about this Jesus. You are a part of worshiping God and engaging the community around us. 
I want to tell you it is wonderful for any of us in here to have positive opinions about God. But what makes it another level is when one of us begins to speak it. What takes it to another level is when there is a group of us together hearing it. What takes it to another level is when we in community are agreeing. I want to tell you, we worship through preaching. And it's not just the person with the microphone that you get to engage in worship when someone is preaching. You're not just telling me good job when you say amen or you're nodding your head or that's good or your elbow and your neighbor. Like this, that is a part of participating in declaring that he is worthy. Don't turn off your worship when the band gets off stage. We continue to worship. So we can, number one, we can express his worthiness through singing. Number two, we can express his worthiness through shouting. And let's look at uh, uh, verse three in Psalms 96. It says, publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he has done. So number three, we can express his worthiness through speaking. It says, publish it. Write it down. Tell people. Using our words that aren't a loud volume of shouting, and are not too song in singing, but we get to, to verbally communicate just by speaking, just by talking, the words that are coming out of our mouths. Now, for some of you, this is a lot more your pace. I love it. It doesn't excuse you from the first two. Uh, but we just verbally communicate. We speak. We tell. We write down. We publish on your, 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 your social media, on your blog. We, we communicate through our words the goodness of our God. It's simply talking out how good God is. Truth is, we worship through our words all the time, constantly. We declare that our opinions, our approval, the goodness of stuff all the time, whether it's the movies we watch, the athletes we follow, the games that we saw, the, the food that we ate, the coffee that we drank. Like we're, we're constantly communicating that which we approve of, that which we admire. If we stop for a moment, we just think about the good things that God has done for us, who he is, what he's done. And we recognize, man, that is amazing that he's done that for me. It's good to have that on the inside. It's so powerful when you speak that on the outside. And you tell somebody. Maybe it just starts with telling God, like, oh, man, you're so good. Man, thank you for another day. Thank you that you've provided. Thank you that I got this paycheck. Thank you that my body is functioning today. Thank you that, that whatever it is, you just begin to thank him. Say, man, you're really good. I didn't choose this. You, you gifted me this. This is your grace on my life. And tell others. Tell others what God's doing in your life. Tell others what you read. Tell others what, what, how he's provided for you. I mean, by all means, continue to recommend your favorite Netflix binge, but don't out-recommend God. I mean, talk about your favorite coffee shops. Do it. It's awesome. This life is amazing. There's so much to enjoy. But if we're not using some of our words to recommend the goodness of God in our lives, something is amiss. We use our words to worship. It's simple. I want to tell you, you qualify. You qualify to speak the goodness of God. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be studied. You don't have to, to be an expert. You just begin to express what you've experienced. You just begin telling. I believe that some people are missing out on one of the most tangible, powerful easiest forms of worship, of talking, just because we, well, I don't know enough. I haven't read the Bible lately. I, I'm kind of just new to this whole thing. And, and we reserve not just telling someone theology or doctrine. We reserve worshiping God by just saying, I don't know the answers, but I know what's going on in my life. 
I, I, I don't have, you know, I, I, I can't debate the, this, these questions with you, but I know, man, I just, he's doing something in me, and I, I feel this joy, and I feel this peace, and we can begin to communicate simply through using our words. I'm going to ask the band to join me, and we're going to spend some time here in just a moment to worship, and to worship verbally. I want to tell you this morning, you, uh, you're welcome to worship God. However, is sincere of you today. We want to worship in spirit and in truth. And we want to worship in a way that is a response to his goodness. And we're not going to do anything that takes the focus off of him. But we are commanded to verbally express, to speak, to sing, to proclaim with some volume the goodness of our God. Here's the challenge for you today, and this is going to be consistent through this series. The challenge is not to just continue with what is the norm for us. The challenge is to create culture. I want to say this first pastorally for the church. We are a a young church. We officially launched just over, what, two and a half, three months ago, three months ago, four months ago. It's just going so fast. We've been here forever. Uh, We're new. We're young. We're just just figuring all this out and who we are and what, what it's going to be like to be a part of this community. And what's beautiful, no matter how long you've been here before, whether you've been here since the beginning or you're new here this week, I want to tell you that we are, we are gifted the opportunity to create culture. We're not in a season of trying to correct culture or to change culture or to shift culture. We're still in the create mode, which is a beautiful gift. It comes with its challenges. We, gotta, we don't have our own space. We set up and tear down. It's, it's got its challenges, but we're creating culture. So pastorally, we want to be a church that thinks and believes and experiences a God so worthy that it pulls expression out of us. And again, it's going to look so different for different settings, different times, different individuals, and we're not trying to create some room full of chaos. This is going to be a community that says, I see his love, and it is better than life, and my lips just can't stop but praising him. I will learn, and I will step out, and I will bless and minister back to the Lord, and I will engage in what it means to have individual life of following Jesus, and I will learn and engage with what it means to corporately worship, that we we are setting the tone. We're creating culture. Beyond that, I want to speak to you individually. This is a season, this is a series, and this is a day to begin creating new culture for yourself. I want to be very clear. Worship is because he is worthy. It's because he's worthy, even if it didn't do something for us. But as we begin declaring his worthiness, and we set our mind and our affections, and we begin to experience the presence of God, when we begin to engage with him, it does begin to stir stuff and create something new on the inside. Some of you are very discontent with how things are at the emotional level, what's going on on the inside. I want to tell you the greatest window that I believe that God is presenting to you right now in this season is for you to start declaring his worthiness and let the byproducts of what happens to your soul begin to take place. It's going to take a shift inside of you. It's not because of this massive monumental experience. It's because you began to engage with the reason you were created to respond to his love by expressing his worth. And it's going to set a new tone for you. Your mindset's going to be different. You're going to fall asleep a lot easier. There's going to be a peace and a joy 
and a contentment that is not based on your circumstances. It's gonna be based on engaging with the presence of God, declaring his worth. It's gonna do a cleansing inside of you. Some of you today, you're gonna start creating a new culture for your household. That worship has been reserved for a few minutes at church on Sundays. You're gonna start learning and creating a new culture, not just for yourself, but it's gonna change the tone of your home. You're creating a new culture in your marriage. Some of you worship is gonna be creating a new culture in your interaction with your children because you haven't been declaring the goodness of God in your marriage and with your kids. You've been declaring the frustrations, you've been declaring the lack, but you have not been declaring the faithfulness of God, the truth of God's word, the peace in his presence. This isn't just what is Anchor Church gonna look like. This is gonna be what are the people who make up the body of Anchor Church look like. And it's time to create a new culture in some of our homes, in some of our marriages. It happens through worship. Worship is drawn out not by a sermon or a song, but by a savior. We look to him, his love is better than life. So I'll worship, I will praise, I will bless, I will lift my hands. Those of you that are in this room with me, if you're willing and able, would you stand with me? Those of you that are online, we're gonna spend some these next few minutes together engaging in worship. We're gonna worship in spirit and in truth. We're gonna be orderly, but we're placing all of our focus and our attention on Jesus. Father, we love you and we worship you. We declare right now that we worship simply because you're worthy. If it did nothing for us, it wouldn't change the fact that you are worthy of it anyways. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that even if worship didn't do anything for us, we would still dedicate our lives to worshiping you. Because that's what it would look like. It'd be a living sacrifice to consistently when we see the gospel, that your love is better than life. Lord, I thank you that you, uh, you reveal your beauty, you reveal your gospel, you reveal your worthiness, and you allow us an opportunity to express it. And although there's various forms of expressions and we're gonna talk through it, I think that today we get to focus on the beauty and the gift that it is to express your worthiness verbally, that we can sing, we can speak, we can shout, and we can put our affection and our attention on you. Lord, I pray in these moments that we would put into practice that which you've laid before us in scripture, that we see that your love is better than life and our lips will praise you. God, I'm grateful that you've created us not to be uh, uniform, but to be in unity. And although there are different forms of expressiveness in this room, we can be in unity in expressing it towards you. God, that we would be uh, a church of unity that doesn't look down on someone who expresses differently than us, whether it's more or less expressive, but that we would create opportunities to, to live out and express the worthiness that we've experienced internally. So God, we take these moments to not sing for others, but sing to you, to speak, to verbally express how worthy you are. So Lord, we worship you. We give you our focus, our attention, because you're worthy. Church, would you worship together for these next few moments and we'll dismiss in a bit. Thank you so much for tuning into the message today. We hope it blessed you. Here at Anchor Church, we believe that you matter. Would you consider heading over to the website and hitting the contact page? We'd love to get to know you and hear your story. 
We'll see you next time. We hope you have a great rest of your day.